This is Unfilter, episode 153 for August 5th, 2015. Cyber warfare with one of America's biggest rivals perhaps going to a whole new level. This is according to a report in the New York Times that says the Obama administration is planning to retaliate against China for its alleged hack attack on the Office of Personnel Management. The devastating intrusion resulting in the theft of personal records for more than 20 million Americans. And that still remains an estimate. Could be higher. How can the U.S. strike back? Is it a good idea? Hello, and welcome again to another edition of Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news that you shouldn't be watching. want to say hi, though, all of our awesome patrons over there at patreon.com slash unfilter. My name is Chase. Joining me is my good friend, Mr. Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey there, buddy. It's good to see you. It feels like I just saw you I just saw you earlier today. Interesting. We're going to talk about that. Chris came down and saw me today. I made the trip down to uh, Como Plaza. K-O-M-O. Which is like the heart of like the ABC distribution network for the Pacific Northwest. It really is. Yeah. It was pretty neat. and, and, And it's not only just that, but... If you compared Como to the other stations in town, it's it's a it's, Cadillac. It's the Cadillac. Yeah, it's the Cadillac. It's the place you want to be. Yeah, it's a pretty nice. Well, we'll talk more. We about have a that. great story about. We that. have uh, some great stories to share with you. We got a good show coming up. We're going to talk more about cyber war and cyber retaliation coming cyber, up on cyber, the show. Cyber. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, also, we got a new segment in the show that we're calling we're calling as the world burns. We're going to check in with the uh, state of the world economy all around, <laughs> which right. is not so good. We got a Middle no. East update. A look at the 2016 run with some interesting perspectives, especially with that debate coming. Up. Tomorrow! And also some interesting other things going on in the U.S.-China relations. But Chase, right now, as we record this show, we do, of course, have a little bit of breaking, breaking news. news. There is breaking news now on Fox News Channel and disturbing reports coming to us right this minute from Nashville, Tennessee, of a shooter near a movie theater in Nashville. That's according to the reporting of Fox 17 in Nashville, WZTV. It reports that SWAT teams are on the scene right now at the Carmike Theater. Details are still very sketchy because this has just happened. Our senior correspondent, Rick Leventhal, gathering information. Rick, what do you know? Well, Shepard, we're hearing that police responded to the report of a gunman uh, at a movie theater outside of Nashville. The call came in just after 1 p.m., around 1.13 this afternoon, local time. The NBC affiliate down there reports that three paramedic units are on the way to the scene in the suburb of Antioch. And witnesses at a nearby business told that local station they saw one person covered with blood. A nearby hockey rink was locked down. Uh, This did occur at the Carmike Hickory 8 Theaters on Bell Road. Uh, Again, a SWAT team has apparently been dispatched to that scene. No word on the number of injuries or if there are even injuries, except for this one report from uh, a local television station. But we're trying to gather information at this time. Now, we have more information at the time of this recording. Yeah, it's it's very, very interesting. So basically a man wielding a hatchet and shooting pepper spray at moviegoers was killed at the movie theater. Now, he now, had a hatchet and pepper spray. He now, also why, is, had, why are they calling this a shooting? Well, because he also had a pellet gun. A pellet gun that could shoot plastic oh, okay. or BB pellets. Oh, okay. okay. And, and the thing is, the only the only thing that they could find so far, uh, Nashville Police Spokesman Don Aaron told reporters that one moviegoer suffered a minor cut on the shoulder mm. from a hatchet. So that's where the bleeding was coming from. Yeah, allegedly. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, but the, the, the thing here that I find a, a lot interesting is uh, this guy basically had a hatchet. He was going after moviegoers. Yeah. 
And then all of a sudden... What's with the movie theater attackings? I, I don't know. And the other thing that kind of disturbs me a little bit is the police killed the suspect as he tried to go out the back door. So he was going away from... Pl- this is where I'm a little bit unclear yeah, about. Yeah, it seems like that wouldn't necessarily be the kind of circumstance where you'd have to kill somebody. You have to shoot somebody as they're going away from you when they're so going nice out the back door? It would be so nice to take one of these guys alive that wasn't absolutely, like, obviously medicated out of his head like, yeah. uh, the, like the Batman shooter was. I mean, I agree that this guy obviously wanted to go out and, and you know, he wanted to die. I mean, yeah. he even had a fake bomb and a backpack. Uh, that the bomb squad detonated. Oh. But the the interesting thing about it is that I just want to know is why would they shoot a guy, you know, going out? Uh, more than a dozen gunshots were fired in rapid succession. Uh, can be heard in a video recorded during the uh, during the shooting. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you want me to play that video. Do you want to try it? Yeah, yeah try I can it. try Let's real see. quick We'll here. see if we can get a little audio from it. I'd be All curious right. to see what you get it's back probably, It's one of those, like, vines, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of low. I can boost it a little bit. So it's in somebody's car? Yeah. Okay. So nothing's happened yet. Vertical video so far. That's it. Oh, yeah. no. So I, don't, I can't really... Yeah, I didn't even hear it. That's no, weird. no, it is weird. Yeah, it's an interest. That's interesting though. They're they're embedding Vine videos in, yeah. in CNN a, reports. Yeah, ATF was also on the scene. They had a K nine. I mean, obviously, with all the movie shootings that have been happening in the news, mm-hmm. there's even been like random talk of putting up metal detectors at movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Movie theaters kind of don't want to do that because mm-hmm. it kind of would ruin the experience of mm-hmm. going to the movie theater. You know, uh, a lot of people don't even want that to happen because they're like, well, you know, you start doing that, then the terrorists win. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a big part of the 2016 debate. I guarantee you that gun control. Oh, well, it, or, I mean, especially with what Obama's trying to do with it now. Right. Yeah. So. And it's already it's like one of the number one uh, questions they're pinning Chris Christie with. Uh, I want to talk about now that no, so that was sort of our unplanned uh, news story that came up. If yeah. you have any insights on that, unfiltered.reddit.com, please contribute. I want to talk about China and cyber warfare. Now, before we get specifically to the cyber warfare, there's an overall arching story. But just just besides those islands in the South China Sea, in the South China Sea, which is a whole nother issue. Right. There's something else going on right now. That China has made a formal request to the U.S. to return. <laughs> I love the language on this. Please return our well-connected businessman. We believe he might be a bad guy. Uh, so this is kind of a funny story, and it shows <laughs> okay. you some interesting like un- behind-the-scenes relations between the U.S. and China, which will give us a good context when we get into the cyber war stories here in just a minute. All right. The government of China is now demanding the United States turn over a wealthy Chinese businessman. They believe he ran away to the United States. It's making for an interesting diplomatic situation that's telling us a lot about what's going on inside China and what's going on with the the Chinese government. So far, the Obama administration hasn't moved to ship him home, straining ties somewhat between our two nations even further. The man is a target in a Chinese anti-corruption campaign, along with other members of his family that served in government. Let's bring in Katie McFarland, Fox News National Security Analyst, and former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense in the Reagan administration. So, Katie... Who is this man? Now, Chase, uh, you gave me a tour today of uh, really you know, state-of-the-art broadcasting equipment. Yes. And one of the things you showed me. I were- gave you the extensive tour, a tour that a lot of people, they don't get as a part of their normal yeah. tour because they don't care about the things that you saw today. Yeah, I know. It's great. And one of the things you showed me is the satellite rooms that people go into. Like like if they want to do like a, or like a remote link like KT's doing here and they want to look like they're coming in from Seattle. Yeah. 
And basically, it is like a small room with a screen and a camera, right? Yeah. Well, Chase, watch behind KT right before they flip to the sure. B-roll. Yeah. I, I just found a, I found a special appreciation for this clip after my trip down to uh, your facilities. Today. All right. Very and good. And why is he significant? Well, you see that? Whoa! Oh, <laughs> so, so, no! Somebody accidentally brought up the menu and, on and the TV. And you know what? I know exactly what kind of TV she has. She has a sharp television, because that's a sharp menu. Yeah, they totally blew it right there. They're wow! Totally, yeah. I thought you'd like that from a production standpoint. Whoa. Anyways, uh, let's let KT get to her insightful, yeah. insightful commentary. Who is this man? Why is he significant? Okay, the reason he's significant is two things. One, who he is. His brother is the former White House chief of staff equivalent of China. And his brother has just been arrested on corruption charges. So they want this guy who's in America, uh, Ling Chen. they want him to come back to China for two reasons. One, to rat out his brother. And two, they don't want us to get our hands on him because they think that he may know an awful lot, an awful lot of embarrassing things about the Chinese leadership. Do you think that's true? Do you think he could be an asset for us? Absolutely could be an asset. Why do you think they want him so badly? You know, here's the thing. The Chinese right now, the, the, um, Xi Jinping, the president of China, has used this anti-corruption drive. He said, I'm the big reformer. I'm going to clean up endemic corruption in China, and I'm going to do it by throwing a lot of people in jail. Well, he's using that as a cover to get rid of his political adversaries. Who does that sound like? Uh, Obama and the most transparent right. government yeah. ever then prosecutes the most people ever, ever on the Espionage Act. Right. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Competitors. So he's trying to amass power to himself, and he's trying to put the other guys in jail. So the chief of staff, the brother of the guy in America... He's already in jail. He, who knows what they're doing to him. If we send the American guy back, or he's not in America, but a Chinese who's in America, if we send him back to China, we can assume he's going to be you know, seriously interrogated. He's probably going to be tortured. Because this does sound like a House of Cards yeah. episode. Because they want to get information from him to rat out his brother. What do you think this tells us about the Chinese government, the state of the Chinese government right now? Well, you know, that's, it's a really interesting point, Jenna, because they're thought to be not quite as secure as they were, say, six months ago. They've just had a major stock market crash. They've had economic problems. The Chinese leadership thought six months ago, Xi Jinping, he thought he was rolling to be another Mao Zedong, another Deng Xiaoping, another supreme leader. And that may be in question. So I think that's why he's asked for this special favor from America. And, but we should mention he's going to be making his first visit to the United States yeah. next month. So that's going to be carefully watched because this story is also put in the context, KT, of the huge hack attack we had at the Office of Personnel yeah. Management. Yeah. Uh, we had a story in the New York Times just, just recently about how administration officials are trying to figure out how to retaliate. We had a guest on our program yesterday that said we shouldn't be so public about that. But I wonder how... We played those clips, by the way, in the supporter show this week, and essentially the White House was sort of somebody, an unnamed source, a leaker oh. in the White House. Uh, so we, we're going to retaliate. We, we haven't figured out how yet, but yeah, we, we're going to strike him back. Kind of just publicly just said that. Mm. This all fits in. This one uh, Chinese man who's bought a multi-million dollar home in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada that no one can seem to find, how this mm. all sort of plays into this broader this broader chess match that we have going on with China. Well, you know, Jenna, the whole point is, why should China be asking us for favors? Why should we be doing any? And you're right to point out, they have stolen 
billions. They have sold hundreds of... All right, Katie, I'm done with All you. Right. <laughs> you know, because she just kind of wears on you after a while. I, I want to get like, in, Okay, we get it. I want to get into the soup du jour here. Let's, talk, let's start talking about uh, Chinese cyber spies targeting U.S. Uh, had hundreds of times over and over again. The NBC Nightly News has an exclusive look at this major threat. It was, at, well, by the way, this, this exclusive look, was it done in Russia? Uh, oh man, good. Yeah, that was great. Let's let's watch. Yeah, let's watch and break it down. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, Lester, now go to an NBC News exclusive that reveals more than anything we've ever seen just how vulnerable we oh. are in this country to cyber espionage. What? We're it shows vulnerable? that according to U.S. intelligence, China alone is responsible for hacks to almost 700 public and private targets in the U.S. in the last five years. We get more tonight from our justice correspondent Pete Williams. Oh, for a minute As there, the- I thought he was saying Brian Williams. <laughs> 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 so fast. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and here's Brian Williams. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh. Pete Williams. Oh, Pete Williams. As the U.S. scrambles to learn the extent of a massive theft of federal government personnel records said to have been stolen by China, NBC News has obtained a classified government report that shows the remarkably pervasive reach of Chinese cyber spying nationwide. This National Security Agency map shows a red dot for every successful computer intrusion by China over the past five years. Do you see what state state doesn't have a dot? Uh, North Dakota. That's where I'm I'm going. going. (laughs) I'm going to North Dakota. Nice job, Noah. Uh, Yeah, Noah's keeping them safe over there because you've got everybody running Linux, dude. That's right. No (laughs) dots in North Dakota. Look at that. Look at this stupid freaking stupid map. What the hell is this? First of all, what counts as a hack attack? Is it a cookie is it a virus is it malware uh, no, is it an actual a, breach into the network it's a successful password reset <laughs> nearly 700 with computer attacks in every state but north dakota <laughs> <laughs> nice catch Chase. nice catch hey listen what is a computer attack you really got to define this i don't understand why the standard of journalism is so low here the northeast corridor from washington to new york is a massive blob of red wait wait, and- wait that's not fair there's a lot of people there well yeah there's uh, more devices and there. there's small states that's true of course and intrusions are clustered around California's Silicon Valley, the aerospace regions of the Pacific Northwest, and Southern California's defense industrial base. They're literally making this entire report out of a map the U.S. Defense Department released that just has red dots on it. Yeah, but, but also these are high population centers. Among the trade secrets targeted, the specifications for hybrid cars, formulas for profitable drugs, and the workings of civilian and military air traffic control systems. Now, here's kind of why I don't totally buy that China has to hack us to get this. Uh, because we build everything in China. They're in the factories. They have a cop. You don't think the Chinese government can walk into even somewhere as big yeah, as... Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. What's a Foxconn? You don't think the Chinese government can walk into Foxconn and get the plans to the iPhone from the Foxconn people if they don't want them? They already have them. Come on. They don't need to hack us to get them. We build everything over there. Yeah. The FBI says the Chinese also target power and telecommunication systems and even some individual U.S. citizens. Now, it uh, as, as we now know from the Snowden leaks, uh, the U.S. government at one point actually owned an entire Chinese telco. They own the entire carrier network, all the endpoints. They're able to distribute malware to the phones, listening to every single call. Now, if you think about how big China is and the fact that they own an entire carrier, remember, that's the scale at which the U.S. has attacked China. There's no corporate uh, structure out there, no matter how small, whether it's a mom-and-pop organization, uh, that's immune from this threat. 
The FBI is now investigating hundreds of cases of suspected Chinese espionage, 53% more than just a year ago, with estimates that Chinese economic espionage cost the American economy $300 billion a year. How do they measure that? Honestly, how do they measure? How how do you put a metric on that? I don't know. If someone could post that in our subreddit, you know, unfiltered.reddit.com, that'd be awesome. You think there's any way to actually measure that in this? I mean, how do you, is there a formula? I mean, how do they do that? That doesn't make sense to me. $300 billion a year. Wait, $300 billion a year? Let that sink in. Maybe they take like the all the previous attacks ever and add them I mean, all up and say Chris, we're going to have a lot more. Chris, if if we if we can get rid of these attacks, guess what? There's no sequestration. We're we're out of the we're I out know, of the gutters. Right? We're good to go. When I don't, you know, when I start to think about how the fact that it is the year 2015, there's really no reason they couldn't post their source links and source material on their website with these stories. No. Why couldn't they cite the source for that? But but remember, domestic propaganda is now okay. Well, that, yeah, that people need to look into that. They need to remember that. If there's any good news, it's that while the Chinese are cyber spying more intensely, the U.S. apparently has the means to know when they do it. Pete Williams, NBC News, Washington. NBC. Oh, there we go. Boom. Boom. Pete, Pete thanks, Pete. So uh, there you go. That sets up our first one. Now, uh, we want to talk also about situation going down in Germany. German government is accusing two journalists of treason after they published articles on online surveillance, which is said to be based on classified documents. The story has been dominating the German media. Verrat. Landesverrat. 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 Aufgenommen. Well, here is the letter the country's federal prosecutor sent to them, saying an investigation has been launched against them on suspicion of treason. Ooh. Both journalists say Thanks. the accusations are absurd. Here's RT's Lizzie Phelan. Here we go. This is one of Germany's most popular online blogs. Two of the site's top editors have received notice that they are being investigated for uh, treason after the website uh, published secret documents from the country's domestic spy agency, uh, allegedly exposing proposals uh, to expand surveillance of online social uh, networks. Now, there's a further uh, unnamed individual who is also being investigated, and this is a developing story so it still has yet to be established whether those documents were in fact uh, classified as a confidential, uh, as, as a state secret, essentially. But the officials say that they uh, plan to also look into uh, whether, the, who, the, what the identity of the un, so far unnamed informants of these reporters uh, were. But the reporters have reacted uh, to this investigation, saying that this is an attack on press freedom. So, as I Let's said, stop there. So, yeah, it is essentially an intelligence agency it's the same story over again trying to push back against journalists wow uh, alright so there's that now I want to play this next clip for you because we're still on this whole cyber leak thing and this next clip is so riddled with scare techniques uh, because it really strikes I feel like this one you gotta remember this is in the evening I, I think this is either evening or morning I gotta figure they're trying to target maybe an older demographic with this clip um, it seems clear they're trying to scare people uh, let's watch this and just sort of break it down. If you feel vulnerable when you're in the hospital, it turns out you've got company. So is the hospital itself. It's a medical device, but the way this thing runs is it's really just a computer. From his Half Moon Bay office, cybersecurity expert Billy Rios. Now, do you know why we're seeing all these, uh, like, the, you know, the Jeep's getting hacked, you're seeing the rifle got hacked, we're seeing the medical devices getting hacked? Do you know why? Uh, security companies need more money? Yeah, that's for sure. And it does help them build a good reputation and get uh-huh. their name out there and yeah. helps them get some uh-huh. you know, brand. 
but really what it is is we have uh, DEFCON and Black Hat coming up. Ah. And so as the talks come up, uh, you know, these guys start generating buzz for their talks. And so a lot of this stuff has been in, it has been in the works for years. Like, uh, did you hear about the new Thunderstrike 2 attack that came out against Max? No. Dude, you need to start listening to Tech Talk today. You really do. So, like, there has been three major vulnerabilities for the Mac in the last week. And uh, they're all, they've all been worked on for like a year, but because Black Hat or DEF CON, whatever it is, is coming up so soon, they're like sort of like teasing their talks and stuff. All these people that are releasing these vulnerabilities right now have talks at DEF CON. Huh. So it's, it's, like, it's like when you have a book coming out. Because right. then you go there, and if you have a big, uh, successful, makes sense. Yeah. You have a, you have a big successful talk, it totally kicks you up to the next it's level. It's like a book, or it's like a movie coming out. You it's, start like the, pl- yeah. it's like the biggest kind of... It's like, this is, this, this is, is the trailer for the movie. This is CES for the security industry, right? This right. is E3. It's PAX for the security industry. Says many medical devices, such as this IV pump, are connected wirelessly to a centralized computer network, making it easier to monitor but with one serious drawback. By design, you're allowing it to where someone else can control this thing remotely and do things to the pump or to do things to the device or equipment. You have to understand what you're doing before you do this. Rios examined a number of popular hospital infusion pumps, and the results were chilling. You could basically log into this device with no username and no password. Which means just about any hacker with an internet connection could remotely operate the device or change its settings. Now, you see what he's just said there? Let's just let's just play that back. What did, now, this is a CBS News reporter. CBS News reporter. And what did he just say here? Could remotely operate the device or change its settings. Anybody. Anybody, Chase. Anybody. Just anybody. No, they, no one can. Any, no. Listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. A hacker with an internet connection could remotely operate the device or change its settings. Now, if I don't know a lot a about hacker, technology. A hacker. If I don't know a lot about technology, I'm watching this report thinking, God, I'm lying in bed, and some hacker from his basement could change my pump settings. Totally, it totally negates, like, these, I'm sure, are on an isolated protected network on the hospital, right? Like, it completely assumes that there's, like, just no firewall between this connection and and the hacker. It assumes right. there's no kind of security layering. Yeah. Like, any hospital that I have worked at, and I've worked at 20 or 30 of them, uh, has always had network segmentation, even at the most basic level. We now, do at Como. Not always. Sometimes yeah. I've showed up and they've accidentally had like their guest Wi-Fi network plugged into their yeah. main network and things like that. But when it comes to – so one of the – a couple of areas I specifically worked in was cancer treatment where they have devices like this. And I helped deploy devices like this. There is a separate network. You've got to put these things on a separate network, you guys. They're super chatty and they're really old protocols and they just are – you don't want them on the rest of the network. So as just from a, from a cleansliness standpoint – just keeping it clean. You put them on a separate network. So the, what I mean, so yes, in some cases, what they're saying is true. And it's like this with phone systems. It's like this with alarm systems. It's like this with any kind of automated system right. that it has remote controls that was designed like back in the 90s. It's atrocious. So a lot of network administrators isolate them. They restrict that network. It's standard practice. But this report, this report, it totally just flushes all of that. Which means just about any hacker with an internet connection could remotely operate the device or change its settings. And the same is reportedly true of people's personal devices, such as insulin pumps and heart pacemakers. The danger is so real that former Vice President Dick Cheney had his pacemaker's wireless function disabled. That's actually true. Uh, and so the uh, that's a little different. You know, if you have a device that has a Wi-Fi connection and you're walking around, I don't, I don't, I don't actually know if this is true. That's weird. <laughs> like you're your own hotspot all the time. <laughs> well, I think yeah, I don't think it's actually true. No. 
But Rio says most device manufacturers are slow to fix what they consider only theoretical problems. No, that's true. You know, normally what has to happen is we have to wait for someone to be killed, right? So, uh, and that's, that's not a good position to be in. We don't want someone to have to die in order for them to become a data point in order for us to make a decision. You know, the thing is, this guy's not wrong, but he has nothing but money to gain. By encouraging, he wants he wants that business so badly. Right. What he by what he is saying, he is encouraging. He, he like this would be a great revenue source for him. So I mm-hmm. I wish what the news would do is maybe talk to somebody from another perspective. Maybe go talk to the hotel security staff and hotel the hotel IT department and ask their CTO. How do you actually say? How do you actually protect these devices? Are you aware of these vulnerabilities? Yeah. Because of Rios's research, the FDA issued an alert last Friday warning health providers to discontinue use of some specific IV pumps. Why? Just don't connect them to the internet. That's all it takes. And see, this what this is, is this is the government working together across departments to, to hype up and scare people into science. It, yep. it is a systematic wide push. If they really wanted to help hospitals, then they would let the hospitals use equipment that allow them to manage the devices, and they would issue them instructions on how to actually protect them. And if this news organization actually wanted to inform you, they would go interview the, ho- the, ho- the hospital's IT staff and ask what the hell they're doing to protect this. But all of this is just designed to scare you. But because there is no actual defect, there was no requirement to do so. Which also means there is no guarantee that the person controlling your life-saving device is someone with your best interest at heart. Oh, no. In Half Moon Bay, John Ramos, KPIX5. Isn't that a good one? Isn't Isn't that just a little tasty one? So you get a nice little cyber tasty sandwich right there, Chase. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, ah. uh, you know, let's uh, let's refresh. Let's tell the people about uh, my trip down to your. Uh, so you came down to my domain to today, Como Plaza. to my network. Yeah. Is there? I want to show them some. Is there any pictures online of Como Plaza? Absolutely. All right, y'all, you you tell them about where it's at, and I'll go do that. So Como Plaza is probably loca- located in one of the nicest places of Seattle. It's literally yeah. across the street from the Space it's, it's Needle. It's literally, it, it, uh, they uh, say in the shadow of the Space Needle, and that's actually... It, it, it literally it's is. It's so cool. It, it's so cool. It's and so Seattle, too. <laughs> it's, it is so Seattle, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, you might want to search under Fisher Plaza, too, because yeah, okay. that was a former yep, name. Yep, but, yep. but essentially, this building, and actually two buildings, uh, were purpose-built uh, to house Como TV and radio, um, from this location. And, and not only that, there's other businesses that have their data centers there. What's um, so cool, when you have a place that's purpose-built for this task, like you do things like design like modular everything, walls, flooring, what, what run wiring everywhere. Yeah. Like it, so it, you just set it up so, from the beginning. Yeah, there's the Space Needle, and then there's my building on yeah, the right. There's the entrance, right? And there's <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I mean, it's literally right <laughs> next door. You can see the curve uh, right there, that like that dish part yeah. on, on the other picture. It showed it really well. Right above each Churro's head there. Uh, that is the helipad. Uh, no longer in use, unfortunately. There's a, a really terrible tragedy, uh, you know, hel- helicopter crash uh, about a year ago. But uh, essentially, yeah, this is Coma Plaza East, uh, where they have... Also known as the Gray's Academy Ho- Hospital. That's right. Yeah. Very good, Chris. Thank you. Thank Very you. Very good, yes. Yeah. So... 
tell the, tell the viewers out there about your tour. Well, so, so the first I, thing, I, the, yeah, the, the first thing down. that uh, the first thing that struck me was the uh, bathrooms were password protected in the lobby. That was well, uh, that's only on the first yeah, floor, and, like, and it's a public lobby. Yeah, I just, I that... just, I like I get all defensive. <laughs> Come on, I was just like, wow, okay. Come on, no, it was, but it was a nice lobby. Otherwise, uh, boy, I gotta say the the whole building is just absolutely beautiful. Nice wood accents, good quality metal, really cool studio light accent lights everywhere. Yeah, neon lighting in with, some with, areas uh, with the the shutters on them and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it looks really yeah. cool. And it's an interesting mix of like technology that I think, oh my god, I would love to have that. Like you know, uh, like the six hundred dollar wireless mic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or like you know, like how every every uh, so like one of the one of the uh, radio stations down here has like uh, all the radio stations. They have a nice room where their engineers can see in yeah. and the board and yeah. all that. So nice. And then at the other times, there's like, I wouldn't want to use some of the equipment they have to use, like some of the computers and stuff. Like, I'd be like, can I just bring my own machine in? Like, that, that's a weird thing. But man, I tell you what, it is, uh, yeah. it's a pretty nice, uh, it was a pretty nice place. And of course, like always in these things, it's both interesting and sort of surprising, like how um, the space that the uh, local AM news is recorded in is much smaller than you might think it would be. It's, yeah. it's a room, not actually any smaller than this room. Yep, it's about the same size as this room. Obviously, a lot more heavy-duty soundproofing material. Yeah. The doors are thick, yeah. you know, so they yeah. can and, yep. you know, they use uh, RE20 mics, or mm-hmm. RE27, I think. RE3, RE320s? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, in that studio that I couldn't take you in because they're doing the news, yeah. uh, essentially, when a reporter or an anchor is doing running his own show, they do run their own board, too. Um, so huh. they don't have a, like a dedicated engineer. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. They have a hell. You guys have a hell of a data center down there too, because oh, you're bringing yeah. in all the feeds and stuff. So I got to see some of that. But you know what was uh, what I thought was particularly neat was walking around the actual local uh, ABC News affiliate set that was pretty cool. Yeah. To so, see that. so what we alluded to earlier in the show is first off, I took you to what we call pathways. And, and that is where they bring uh, remotes in from everywhere, you know, where someone goes in and sits down and talk to Fox News or CNBC. Yeah, yeah like, um, like KT was doing earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So obviously – and the other thing, too, is, you know, we set up different backgrounds. So maybe it might not be the C- Seattle set. It might just be a looking like a library. Yeah. And no one will ever know that they're coming from Seattle. Right. Uh, so that happens, too. Uh, but obviously we also – You guys even do it for, like, competing networks. Oh, well, yeah. It's just – it's business. You know, it's it's just like, you know, because we're one of the only places in town that have a satellite uplink. Mm. See that? I mean, if you look on the, on the top of the building, you got to have the goods. Yeah. Now there, that's a great picture. That that is a picture of the control room uh, that Chris got to see. Yeah. Uh, today as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you don't see in that picture is the new control room that's, right. that was being built. Yeah. Um, but you got to see uh, the set. What did you think about the set? The, the the new set. You know, you've been watching the local news now for a long time, mm-hmm. and now you got to see it in person. What do you think? Um, the news set. Uh, 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 a couple of things struck me. A few things are a lot closer together than I expected. Because of the way they shoot it, there's a there's a set where they there's a spot where they stand next to a vertical TV. Yeah, I thought that was quite a ways away from the desk. It's like literally like you could touch the desk. Yeah, <laughs> it's really close. Yeah. Um, another thing that surprised me was uh, how like to, to close pack together things like lighting control is up against the green screen. Things like that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and the backdrop, I didn't. You can't tell from TV, but it's just a pull down screen. I thought it was more like a fixed image. Yeah. Uh, but it looks pretty good because it's backlit. Yeah, we also got to check out where Steve Poole hides. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that was nice. Yeah, that was. I very didn't cool. spot any Linux. I didn't spot any. And is there any? Do you have you seen any Linux machines? Like any servers or anything down there? Uh, we have a Pixie Boot server. 
Yeah. Does that run Linux? Yes, it does. Well, there you go. There's something. No, that's something. Yeah. I didn't come away with any uh, runs Linux from it though. I was, that'd have been that'd have been neat. Yeah, no, there 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 are some pretty old archaic things and a lot of broadcast equipment. Um, yeah, yeah, they just it, I I don't know if there's uh, a lot know, of Linux legacy there. A lot yeah, of legacy. A lot of legacy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can see all the satellite dishes uh, on top there, and that's just because of the fact that you know, like I said, we have a lot of uplinks. Uh, the one thing about the, the station that's also unique is we pull in feeds for fifteen other TV stations in the West. Uh, basically, Como Plaza is the hub. Uh, so, you know, they have the ability to monitor all the feeds, network feeds for all the affiliates, uh, not just the local affiliate, but hmm. all the ones in the region. Hmm. Uh, so it's it's a it's a big deal, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's so cool, too. Like, um, <clears throat> radio creates, you know, you really just make it all up in your head. Like, it's so funny. Like, you don't realize how many of the pieces you're filling in until you go see the real thing. Yeah. And, uh, you get like, to see the recording studios too for, yeah. For and, audio, and they're, so. and they're really just, they're office rooms that have been, that have been turned over into recording booths. But like, for these people, they go to this building and that's, they go park, they go upstairs, like they go down the hallway and they go into this office room, they sit down and record and then they walk out and they're done, right? Like, it's this, for them, it's this very standardized, industrialized routine thing but in the radio it's it, you have no concept of the practical side of of how how mundane and 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 routine it really is yeah, what they're doing it's true what you what you see what you hear feels like it's unique and created just for that moment and you have no concept that like somebody went down a hallway and opened up an office door and it's just it's very interesting to see it from the other side because even knowing, like, conceptually, that's how, probably how it works. Like, yeah. I've always conceptualized it yeah. that way. To actually see it, it still sort of breaks that fourth wall even more. I, I wish uh, uh, I was able to get a little bit more in-depth uh, with you when you were there and show you how they fire off audio uh, for radio. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. That'd be know, cool. And, and show you those systems. Yeah, that'd be and, and, you know, maybe that's, a, you know, another time for another day. We'll get yeah. some more, yeah. like, deeper behind-the-scenes stuff. And maybe next time I'm down there. Yeah, but it's, but it's one of those things where, and, you know, I've been there now for four months, and I'm still wowed and amazed by the technology that's being pumped into this facility. I mean, yeah. our, our, our um, you know, there's new things coming down the road for you know for Como, which is which is really cool that I can't really talk about too much on the air. Uh, but it's it's those things to to be really cool to be part of a company where they're really focused on technology and trying to be the best. Oh, you know, the other thing that that struck me as interesting is how it is in so many ways, like. Like what you see in the movies for a newsroom. Like there's a newsroom where people are working yeah. and it's like um, – I am I guess I'm surprised at the scale of it in some ways. Like you see, you see so – and you hear so few people on the radio and you see so few people on the TV. But the scale behind it is so massive. And coming at it from a podcast perspective where you come at it from such a minimal scale yeah. and, you know, like one person is doing everything from the content planning to the story research to the hosting. Every every single day, they uh, all the reporters, uh, everybody, they, they plan the news. They pull, go to a whiteboard. They, they focus in yeah. on the stories that yeah. matter. Sure. They, they focus in on the it's hit a, pieces. It's a huge group. I mean, and it's it's all, and it, and really it's all about live. It's really still all about being journalists and getting the story and, and getting Getting, getting it right. And that's one thing that I know we, we, we see with Fox, we see with CNN. And I don't know, maybe it's different a little bit on the local level. Yeah, that's exactly but, what it is. But but what I've seen personally in working with these people is that they are incredibly focused on their craft and they want to get the story. They, they, they want to uh, make it matter. Too bad we don't have that at the national level. 
Yeah. It, well, it, what happens at a national level is a lot of people that you see on the Showbiz screen. at the national level. Yeah. What you see on the national level is a lot of people you see on the screen, they're not out there. You, Anderson Cooper is not out there in the trenches, you know, trying to dig deep and try to find out the yeah, inside no, He's just trying to get a good photo shoot. He's not trying to find out about government corruption on a local level. No, he's he's trying to get the yeah. nice-looking shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- th- there's differences there. And, oh, man, yeah. you know, it's just But it's like, really cool. Just, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, it's Anderson Cooper, everybody! But, but you know, there's one thing, Chris, uh, you know, maybe, you know, we can transition to, to the election, you know, in 2016. But, you know, there's something that I really need to get off my chest. Oh, my goodness. Now, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Let's uh, let's bust through a couple of stories. All right. Fair enough, because I'm really upset. And I think that would – actually, I think your story would make a good transition to the 2016 stuff. Right. I think that's a good idea. All right. Um, but I did promise first. We oh, do okay. a little bit of our new segment, The World Burns. Burns. And uh, this time we're going to look at the world economy. And this is a little uh, – not that the U.S. is uh, – the U.S. is in a glass house. Let's, yeah. let's not joke. No. But uh, let's start with uh, Peru. Uh, uh, or actually, I got – let's see. I have so many to pick from here. We have uh, – we also have – um, uh, uh, Rome, and we also have Brazil and Puerto Rico. Let's start with Puerto Rico, actually, and then we'll move on from here. The U.S. territory of Puerto Rico is also in dire financial straits. The island is $72 billion in debt and could not make the latest payment on one of its loans. That's causing serious concerns for investors here in the U.S. Adam Shapiro from the Fox Business Network joins us live from the Capitol Building in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Adam. John, a lot of investors in the United States, millions of retirees, hold muni bond funds, which might be holding Puerto Rican debt. If you hold Oppenheimer Rochester funds or Franklin Templeton funds, it's a good time to check the prospectus or call your broker and find out, do those individual funds actually have exposure to Puerto Rican bonds? Because it is expected there will be continual defaults on bonds as we go forward. Of course, there was the default on $58 million because the government says it can't afford to pay these debts and it wants to restructure the debts with the bondholders. But there's a very respected lawyer here in San Juan, Puerto Rico, a man by the name of John Mudd. He's an expert in federal and commonwealth law, and he says the Puerto Rican government is misleading investors. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so now let's move to the next one. This one's good, too. we got problems in Rome. The eternal city feeling its age, decay, corruption, mismanagement, <laughs> leaving Rome a little shabby around the edges. So Amy Kellogg went there to figure that out. How bad is it, Amy? Well, Bill, I just met a friend whose face was all cut off. Um, what? what? Wait, she met a friend. Hold on. Let's hold on. I think that, Ke- a, that sounds weird to me. Yeah, let's play that back. I think Miss Kelly got that wrong. Face was all cut off. Whoa, I'm what? sorry. What? I, what? I, I, I didn't get that. Friend whose face was all cut off, huh. cut wow. off on one side, and I said, "What happened?" And she said, "Rome." <laughs> Let's play this back. Let's play this back. Rome happened. On the edges. So Amy Kellogg went there to figure that out. How bad is it, Amy? Well, Bill, I just met a friend whose face was all cut off, (laughs) cut off on one side. And I said, what happened? And she said, Rome. She had tripped on uneven pavement, Bill, and fallen face first into a tree. Now, this is just an example of the well, problems looking at her phone at the same time. that they are worse in the uh, peripheral areas of Rome than they are in the center, which remains really a showpiece for international visitors. But with its fair share of uncollected trash and potholes, this decay has been going on for some time. 
but it was just when the foreign press recently took to it like a dog to a bone that people here really got crazy with indignation that outsiders were pointing out their problems, which include what most people say is a very inefficient and unreliable public transportation system. Recently, a subway train was caught hurtling through a tunnel with its doors perilously open. Now, many of the problems are due to corruption in the system. Does this feel like a hit piece to you? A little bit. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It feels right. that way. So uh, let, keep that one in mind. All and right. then uh, right, one more. Enough. Here we go. It's time for Brazil. Brazil, if you had to sum it up in one sentence, where is it going from here? Well, I think it's uh, in the next six to eight months, I think things will get worse, both from an economic perspective and from a political perspective, given the, the magnitude of this corruption scandal that we're seeing. Uh, but in Brazil, when you compare it to other countries in the region, Latin America, there are more stable, there, there are factors that tend to channel uh, policies towards more moderate grounds. I mean, you don't see the kind of policy radicalisms in Brazil than you see in other countries. So I think it, while in the near term, I'm very concerned about Brazil, in the longer term, in the next one or two years, I do think that things will stabilize a bit. And, you know, the country does have some numbers uh, on its favor. But let's face it, nobody wants to be the cleanest dirty shirt in the drawer, do they? Um, admittedly, OK, some of the economic policies haven't been quite as wacky as the ones that we've seen in nearby Argentina. But we still have somebody at the helm of government, Dilma Rousseff, whose allies are threatening to impeach her. Do you think that she will end up getting impeached? No, I think that's it's unlikely that she'll be impeached, but that doesn't mean I think that she'll survive these uh, these headwinds uh, that she's facing. Uh, but that doesn't mean that Brazil will come go back to the you know good news, good headlines that we saw recently in Brazil. Now we like to follow her because she's been very vocal against the NSA. Last couple of years of uh, country growing a lot. I think that the next three years, the remainder of her term, will not be that brilliant when you look from a political and economic perspective. But I do think that there there are. You know, Brazil has a huge consumer market. There are strong institutions, uh, which I think sets Brazil apart from, from other uh, more hmm. unstable countries. But uh, but will be a, a very long and painful process over the next two to three years. Interesting. Okay. All right. So there's a quick snapshot of what's going on. There's more. You know, I'll leave more in the supporters' show because that gets a little long. But I think it is kind of interesting. Now, we're almost to 2016. Just a couple of more stories to cover first, Chase. Yes, sir. We've got to give a little update because you know yeah. what? It's almost the one-year anniversary since the U.S.-led coalition airstrikes against ISIS. From California back to Washington, D.C., and the U.S.-led air campaign against ISIS in Syria and Iraq is now almost a year old, and there are differing opinions over whether the mission is actually having its intended effect as stated to degrade and ultimately destroy ISIS. Our national security correspondent Jennifer Griffin is live at the Pentagon with more on this. So, Jennifer, first an update. How has the air campaign changed over Syria in the past week? Well, Jenna, after much controversy about whether the U.S. was refusing to fly air cover for the Syrian fighters it has trained to combat ISIS, the Pentagon now says the White House has authorized it to do so. Quote, we view the Syrian forces trained and equipped by the Department of Defense as partners in the counter-ISIL effort. These forces are being provided with a wide range of coalition support in their mission to counter-ISIL. So we're now going to be providing air support for the Syrian rebels that uh, we've armed and trained on the ground or, or fighting or fighting 
at least along with us. Which includes defensive fire support to protect them. The administration is still refusing to set up a no-fly zone in northern Syria, despite Turkey's insistence. Today, a Syrian warplane went down near the border with Turkey, killing 27 civilians on the ground, an example of how complicated the skies over Syria remain. As of August 1st, the U.S. has conducted 4,563 airstrikes in Iraq and Syria in the past year alone, about 78 percent of the coalition total. More than 5,500 coalition airstrikes have done little, some say, to change the size of ISIS, which U.S. intelligence still estimates at 20 to 30,000 fighters. Jenna. Mm. So wow. walk us through the differing opinions as we approach this one-year mark. Is the air campaign working? Will it be continued? Well, if you ask the president's envoy to uh, Syria and Iraq, the answer is yes. But here is the next head of the Marine Corps. So you believe that ISIS is, is, is losing? No, sir, I do not. You believe they're winning? No, sir, I don't believe they're winning either. I believe they're at a stalemate right now. Complicating matters, the hmm. president's nominee to be the Navy's top officer has expressed concern that there will be a two-month gap in which the U.S. will not have an aircraft carrier in the Gulf this fall. That's uh, going to in hinder our ability to carry out the needed operations in the region where obviously there's conflict taking place. You can tell, by the way, he's asking the questions that he already knows what the answer is going to be. You can tell that he's just sort of in on the whole thing. Yeah, he's thing. setting it up. Yeah. Yeah. Softball. Without that carrier, there will be a decrement in our capability there, yes, sir. It is notable that yesterday marked the 25th anniversary of Saddam Hussein's invasion of Kuwait. The U.S. has been involved militarily ever since. The turmoil that ensued is far from resolved. Jenna. Jenna wow. Thank you. That is worth years. That is worth noting, isn't it? That is yeah. worth noting. All right, so uh, remember how our buddies Turkey are now involved in the fight against ISIS, and we've led our first airstrikes and launched our first drones out of Turkey. Uh, what we do know is that yesterday, a U.S. military drone armed with a missile conducted the first airstrike, lethal airstrike, out of one of those bases in southern Turkey into northern Syria. So this is the this is one of the greatest returns on us. Now, Turkey gets a whole bunch of unleashed, oh, and they, they get, get to go Yeah, do. they get a lot of perks. They get to tear it up but now we get to launch drones so hey man hey hey drones this is a result of both countries coming to an agreement that the u.s military can have access to those southern turkish bases that puts them much closer to their targets in northern syria yeah it does what we don't know at this hour is what the target was there's two potential options here either the u.s flew against an isis target or it was another strike to try and defend those rebels, those U.S.-backed rebels in northern Syria that have come under attack Hoo-ah. from that al-Qaeda group known as al-Nusra. Uh, the U.S. flies offensive strikes against ISIS. They just find the target and go against it. But if those rebels have come under attack again from al-Nusra, the U.S. might have conducted a defensive strike, either though, even though that's not typically what has happened in the past. But what's really important here, the first strike, this puts ISIS on notice in northern (laughs) Syria that the U.S. has a very quick ability to be very close by and come after them. The next step in the coming days will be to have manned. Now, I listen, you know, my ears, I have pretty decent hearing. You hear typing in the background? Did you catch that? I did, yeah. Yeah, so so obviously the host is doing something else. Is doing something else. She doesn't even care what she's saying. No. Doesn't even care. No. U.S. fighter jets in the air ready to drop their weapons over northern Syria. 
There we go. So uh, okay. So I just I like that report. Now one more, one more. We all before we move on. I, I thought this is interesting. You know, if uh, I if I wanted to take over a region and I wanted to uh, get like the current authority out, the current government out, and I wanted to get my people in, and I wanted to get that. You know what? I, I would try to probably do that as discreetly as possible. To tell you the truth, I wouldn't want to draw the well, world's be, most powerful military on me. Yeah, and le- unless you have the backing of the world's most powerful military, yeah, then, yeah, you'd probably want to be quiet. Yeah, about yeah. That. So I thought this was interesting. Uh, uh, AQAP makes calls for attacks in the U.S. right out of Yemen. Right out of Yemen. The new messages are stunning and stark. Oh. Al-Qaeda's dangerous wing in Yemen. Oh, it's AQ- nice that they also get attribution now with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, video yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Now, remember, the situation in Yemen is a real shithole right now. Remember, Yemen used to be our shining example of, uh, of a great ally. And now it's all falling apart. And, of course, Saudi Arabia is over there bombing like a mo. They don't care. And, uh, of course, now we've got to have a good reason to go in there. So wouldn't it be great if all of a sudden Al-Qaeda came back? real hard uh. and if they could be in Yemen for us man that's oh, that'd be great of course Al Qaeda is over there UAP calling for attacks against the United States in this video released online today Khalid Batarfi who has emerged as a top leader in Al Qaeda praises the Charlie Hebdo attacks in Paris and the shooting at two military offices in Chattanooga Tennessee by Mohammed Abdulaziz he penetrated the base, killing and injuring American Marines in a blessed jihadi operation. We ask Allah to accept him and raise his status among martyrs. But Tarfi calls for more lone wolf attacks against America. A U.S. intelligence official tells CNN that... Uh, so this dude, sitting in Yemen, who just wants to, you know, get as much, pa- much power as possible, yeah. decides it's a good idea to have a multi-camera green screen set up. By the way, guys... Having a multi-camera green screen that's setup, tough. That's tough. It's very tough. Como doesn't even try that. No. Boom. Boom. Jupiter Broadcasting don't try that either. No, we, so not this a good dude, idea. and it's pretty good key. It's a pretty good key too, because look, he's wearing glasses as well. Yeah. And look, they're doing a multi-camera. They're doing a multi-camera green screen setup while he's wearing glasses. Blur effect is good. Yeah, it looks good. So and yeah, and because it's a green screen, that blur effect is is artificial, right? Yeah. It's... So uh, this guy who's got a a really really good green screen setup, like better than. The, the green screen setup at one of the nicest facilities in Seattle. Better than that setup, this guy's got such bad, but he's sitting there in Yemen with this setup, and he's basically saying, come get us. By, t- by saying, hey, lone wolves, make attacks in the U.S., it's, it, basically you can translate that to, come get me. Now, I, I'm not saying it's not really happening. I'm just saying, what, what, is the, what is the rationale for bringing the might of the United States Army down upon you when you're trying to make some progress in Yemen? What... How do those two things square well, up? Well, it, it's real simple, Chris. Whatever, what, what, every time we get involved in these kind of conflicts, you know, you piss off the, the local establishment. You, you sometimes pick up, piss, piss off the public because, you know, we're just, just by being there. So maybe this is his way of trying to get more recruits by getting us there. That is, I know, that's always like the, that's the only thing that ever comes up is, well, what we'll do is we'll have the U.S. come kill us, and that'll get more people upset, and then more people will join my army. Right. That, that, that's but like. That's, that's the thought process that he's doing. But that sounds like the logic behind trickle-down economics. It's like, it, it just, it doesn't really stack up to how real. yes, of course it'll create more terrorists, of course it would, but if you're already in there and you're already succeeding, you're already doing so great, you're already such a bad guy. Can I? Can I uh, interest you in a multi-level marketing scheme? Yes, sir. Attacks against America. A U.S. intelligence official tells CNN the tape is legitimate, oh. but Tarfi has become a top... The tape that is online. You mean the digital video is legitimate? 
legitimate. The one that was posted online, the right. tape. Yes. It's yeah. legitimate. It's legit. Because it's a tape, unless they tell you they got it online. But when they tell you uh, it's legitimate, see, it doesn't sound as legitimate if you say the YouTube video is legitimate, but if wait, you say the tape is legitimate. It was just posted to Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Well, but th- you, yeah. like, I don't think it's a mistake that they call it a tape. No. I think because if they called it right there a YouTube video, it sounds less legitimate. Less legit. But, but if, if you say, say the, the tape, tape is, yeah. It's America. A U.S. intelligence official tells CNN the tape is legitimate. But Tarfi has become a top spokesman for the terror group since his escape from a Yemeni prison this spring. But what may be... You know, it's interesting, too, is CNN is applying a filter effect over these videos. Yes, they are. To make them seem more rugged and low-tech. Yeah. To make them maybe more believable that Ma- they'd be coming from and the And actually, East. the image is cropped to shake the image. Yeah, yeah. So why do you suppose they're doing this? Is it to imply that they're so low-tech? Spokesman for the terror group. So do you no, think it's, it's to, it's not, I don't think it's to imply them that it's low-tech. I think it's to just make it feel more, I don't know, like Hard to understand what's going on yeah, in gritty. Yeah, it's a little confusing. So these are cell phone camera videos that theoretically have been posted to YouTube that they're then captured. They do credit them from time to time, and they tell you where they get them. That's how we know this. Right. And uh, you can go find these original videos. They don't have these filters applied to them. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I think it's to try to imply that it's low technology because Americans have like. And they're obviously pulling the, the full legit video because they're giving credit. Since his escape from a Yemeni prison this spring. But what may be more concerning to U.S. intelligence, analysts say, is those what transitions, appears- those flips. Yeah. That, that's not on the video. No, they cut. They're yeah. cutting to different types of B-roll. Yeah, Remember, the Obama administration but has... But you notice the transitions, the flicker yes, effect. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you notice, too, that the, that, the, that the static image on top of it, the overlay they're using to add the effect, doesn't change when they go to the different clips. No, it doesn't. Because they're adding it in post. Escape from a Yemeni prison this spring. But what may be more concerning to U.S. intelligence, analysts say, is what appears to be a second, even more chilling new message from AQAP's like master dirt. bomb maker, Ibrahim al-Asiri. It's, it's, it looks like a magic bullet looks effect or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In an article linked on Twitter, a writer believed to be al-Asiri tells al-Qaeda affiliates, we urge you to strike America in its own home and beyond. So an article linked on Twitter. All right, let me back this up because I was kind of I started to tune out for a second. Let me see here. Second, even more chilling new message right. from AQAP's master bomb maker. Now, how do we know it's really him tweeting? Master bomb maker. How do we know the master bomb maker is really tweeting? Is it a verified Twitter account? Ibrahim <laughs> Al Asiri. In an article linked on Twitter. And this, by the way, this information is coming from the Yemeni government. Right. So take that for what it's worth. And the worth. Yemeni government would be the people yeah. that would want us to come in and back them and yeah. keep them legitimate. Yeah. A writer believed to be al-Asiri tells al-Qaeda affiliates, we urge you to strike America in its own home and beyond. CNN cannot independently verify the authenticity of the writing, but analysts say it has the hallmarks of the elusive explosives expert. Well, wait, and those analysts are Yemeni government officials, by If the you way. can't verify it, and just because it sounds like a duck doesn't mean it's a duck i think if it comes from the, if i think if it comes from government officials if the onus is even more on them to verify it. yeah absolutely if real it would be a striking development because intelligence officials say al-asiri almost never makes public statements experts say with up to a five million dollar u.s bounty on his head Hey-oh. there must be a reason he would take an enormous risk yeah the concern for Assyria would be that somehow the message would be traceable back to him whether by courier or some digital stamp inside of the message. 
Intelligence officials say Ibrahim al-Asiri was behind the 2009 Christmas Day underwear bomb. That's what makes him the bomb master, the underwear bomber. Now, those, of you, of, bomb. those of you who want to go look at the history of the underwear bomb to see why that's kind of not really a legitimate attack, you can go look at that. But that guy was escorted on the plane by government officials. That guy, come on. Al-Asiri was behind the 2009 Christmas Day underwear Woo! bomb plot and the attempt to place bombs in printer cartridges. Which was both I, targeted the United States. A- again, you guys need to go Google the history behind the printer cartridge one because that, again, was one of those agents worked with the with the guy right up to the airport, supplied the, all the materials. Yeah. You guys got to look into this stuff. These bomb makers are not these big, scary people. This stuff is not legitimate. That underwear bomb was not legitimate. Right. Both plots failed but could have killed hundreds. Al-Asiri once even placed a bomb inside the body of his own brother in an attempt to kill Saudi Arabia's counter-terror chief. The bomb killed his brother, but the minister survived. He's able to take family. So nothing he's ever built actually ever worked. Numbers and use them as bombs. That's something that we would never even conceive of here. That's something that makes him to a threat. He can imagine outside of the Western mind. So why would Al-Asiri emerge from the shadows now? She almost said, I thought she was going to go there, think outside the box. But to think outside the box, it makes it sound like good, mm-hmm. like a good saying. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, you're thinking outside the box. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be of real concern to U.S. intelligence, especially when paired with this new Al Qaeda. Look at this setup, man. Look at this setup, man. Oh man, it's a good setup. Mm. And look, he's got a pretty good like um, uh, blurring on the on the shoulders yeah, there. Looks yeah. Very there nice. Are, mm-hmm. are others who have learned his craft uh, and remain anonymous? Perhaps now they realize that his greatest value isn't remaining clandestine as mm. a bomb maker, but becoming a public figure right. who can rally troops. Of course. Right. Yeah. It's not that we're just kind of rolling it out right now or anything like that. Right. I, I'm so skeptical. I'm I so skeptical. Yeah. I don't know. what. You know what? Yeah. I guess it's a good thing that we're supported by patrons because I don't know. I don't think any advertiser would ever want to be affiliated with my skeptical ass. No, or mine either. Patreon.com slash unfilter is the place to go yeah. to check out and really support our, our show because we're all supported by you guys and, and as you can see there Chris we picked up a few patrons last week so thank I really you. appreciate that yeah. thank you so much for yeah. doing that the uh, the month of August is actually a, is, is a, I, 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 I kind of suspect from last year and I just kind of know from the news cycle it's a particularly hard month. Yeah. Uh, well, here's what happens is, uh, you know, Congress is a bunch of lazy bastards, and they just take off. What? And so there's two things that happen. There is actually some really interesting tracks that start to happen, like Obama's starting to work on some stuff while he has downtime with them to, to, to get things positions when they get back to put, to put leverage on them, which we'll be talking about that probably next week. But there's a lot of things that also just kind of sort of stagnate. And one of the things that is sort of unfortunate when you have a very news-heavy, listener-supported show is sometimes the support, like the news isn't all that great. We still try to cover the most interesting things that happen. Right. And yeah. we, but we need the support to maintain, even when the news cycle isn't like crazy, like there's not a Snowden leak. Right. Because when the times, because when the times are sort of slow like this, there's still really interesting things that slip through the cracks, that stories start and begin at this time that we then later end up tracking. Like there's still so much value in yeah. the show being here. Yeah. And then when something huge breaks, we're here, we're dedicated, we're breaking it down like crazy. And so I really was happy to see that number continue to go up because I was honestly worried if there was a of a lull from the summer in the news cycle, it might be reflected in our support. And yeah. I was pleasantly surprised, and I really appreciate it because, crazy as it is, 
We have some stuff coming up in September. I'm going to be t- potentially going on a road trip, and we want to keep the unfiltered show go to, go going during this time, which is going to require buying some equipment. And right now, the show runs on a pretty lean budget. We've been able to bring on producer Matt, who's been able to make a huge, uh, huge amount of uh, help. In fact, I would not have been able to go down to Chase's work today if it we didn't have producer yeah. Matt. It yeah, exactly. really worked out great. Yeah. I, I, uh, I I still was a little tight, but you know, it was really nice to be able to do it, and it's 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 nice it's to have nice. a little bit of a life. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and so we've been able, that's something we've been able to do once we hit around four hundred or so. And I really appreciate the support because we keep going. We want to kind of up the gear a little bit so that way we can do some more travel stuff, and then we don't we don't have to take breaks as often and things like that. patreoncom slash plus. At the $2 mark, you get the supporter show. A lot extra in the supporter show the last couple of weeks. This week, a lot of more context to the stories we were covering today. And uh, you know, when you go up from there, like $5, then you really get access to everything. The supporter sync has so much more content in it. We, could do, we can't fit in the show. It's oh, amazing. Oh, oh, we could easily, easily, easily do another e- easily do another show, easily do another show with all the clips that are in there. I don't know if all of them are all show worthy, but a lot of them are so fascinating. If you have the time to go watch them, they're all in supporter sync. And that's what you get the $5 level and above. You get the supporter show, the sync. Just the source code to everything, and you're really helping contribute to keep us on the air. And then at the swag level, you really get something special. And from time to time, like, you just get a surprise swag item. Like, we are working – like, as conventions come up, we'll sometimes be working on swag in the background. And then as we have extras, we just send it out to our swag club members. There you go. It's really cool. And then you really just have the extra privilege of keeping us going. So that's uh, patreon.com slash unfilter. Now, Mr. Chase, yes, uh, we Mr. like Chris. to uh, cover feedback from time to time yes. on the uh, Unfiltered show. Yes, and we do. Uh, I just thought maybe you could cover a piece of feedback that you got recently. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of the things, you know, sometimes the feedback is positive, sometimes it's negative, and I think it's one of those... I don't know how to make of this one. Let's yeah, see what you think. I don't know. Well, it's one of, it's one of those things where I got a, an email uh, from uh, my old boss. My old boss at an old job. Oh, really? That's always weird. Yeah, it's very weird, especially when your old boss is out of work currently as well. Oh! <laughs> but he says, hello, Chase. Hey, you know, I was watching political figures opening over the weekend and couldn't help think, uh, couldn't help but think that there is one Republican candidate who you remind me of when he speaks. Now... Chat room. Hmm. First off, do you, do you have any ideas before I mention it? Because I'm I'm going to continue this. What Republican candidate reminds him of when I reminds him of when I speak? Like your style, cadence. Yeah, my like style, hmm. my cadence. Hmm. What do you think, chat room? Well, I'm, I'm going to say it's not Trump. You don't think it's Trump? You're going to go out on a limb. I'm not. I'm saying it's not. Maybe Rick not Perry. Rick Perry. No, no, you don't. No. Is he a top ten candidate? I don't even know. Um, so K32 is saying Chris Christie. No, boy, not really. Fluxioy is also saying Chris Christie. You think? My cadence is like Chris Christie. Really? I, I don't. I think Chris Christie's. You're you're not as angry as Chris. Christie. Yeah. I well, I I do have sparks of his anger. Yeah. You have your moments. Yeah. When I get when I get fired up about the guns, uh, uh, Kasich. Um, Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Sanders. He's, no, he's not. He's, he's he's Democrat. Yeah, that's Democrat. Yeah. What about uh, Rand Paul? Ooh, Rand Paul. Now, Bill no, Clinton, he's kind of got squirrel. He's yeah. got a squirrely voice. Yeah. Now, Sean PC saying Cruz. Ooh. Oh. Well, let me continue reading the right, reading right. the note here. All right, continue on, Mr. Jason. So he says, "Has anyone ever told you that your tone and pace sounds like a lot like?" 
Ted Cruz. What? 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 It's uncanny. No. But seriously, I hope that you're doing well and loving your job. I'm still searching for the right match. Keep smiling. All right, so let's do a little comparison, Chase. Here's All right, so we a, have a clip. Here's a classic Ted Cruz clip by him on net neutrality. The simple message that I want to convey today that we should remember, that members of Congress should remember. Okay, the simple, <sighs> so now you say it, the simple message I want to convey today. The simple message I want to convey today. Now say it, say it again, just so we get a couple different takes on it. <laughs> Oh, it's like we're recording in like, the studio. Uh, you know, like the, you're giving a presentation. The like simple is. message I want to convey today okay. is. The simple message that I want to convey today that we should remember, that members of Congress should remember, that policymakers should remember, is don't mess with the Internet. All right. So don't mess with the Internet. Go ahead and say it again. That don't mess with the internet. I'm not hearing it, buddy. I'm not, I'm not, uh, all right. Maybe maybe what it is is maybe you need to have more. You like to have fun. You know, you yeah. you like to have a good time. Maybe you'd like to make machine gun bacon. Uh, you like, know what? Pie Cruz does. All right, go ahead. Oh, okay. Weekends, cooking breakfast with the family. Now here, maybe somewhere like in here. Texas. We cook bacon a little differently than most folks. Now, I'm kind of... <laughs> okay, in Texas. This gets under my skin so much. All right, in te- can you try this for me? In Texas, we cook bacon different than most folks. You know, in Texas, we cook bacon different than most folks. Can you give, like, some, like, uh, a little bit of, like... Uh, uh, a twang? No, uh, <laughs> some sort of, like, emphasis of love on folks. Like, you love the folks. You love the folks. You know, you know in Texas, you know, we cook different... Uh, we, uh, we I cook need bacon. Yeah, we yeah. cook bacon better than different than most folks. Of course, in Texas, we cook bacon a little differently than most folks. Can you give it one more try? You know, in Texas, we cook bacon a little differently than most folks. All right, let's see. Breakfast with the family. Of course, in Texas, we cook bacon a little differently than most folks. Yeah, he doesn't have ah! machine gun bacon with Ted Cruz. This is what? His, this is what he does now, dude. This is what he's doing now. He does. This is his viral marketing campaign. What? He wraps he wraps the bacon around the barrel of the machine no. gun. Yes. He's, he, this You're is, ruining the bacon! And then he wraps that with foil. You shouldn't have wrapped the foil first. No, his gun's clean. That's what he's... Now, Ted Cruz then starts shooting a machine gun. I can't really believe this is even happening, to tell you the truth. This is so classy. So he uh, fires a bunch of rounds. coming down. So the grease on the ground. All right, oh my god! This is so. There is the cooked bacon, kind of. Machine gun bacon. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. So that's him. Oh. that's him. Uh, yeah. That's that's. There you go. So I don't know. I don't hear it, Chase. I don't. Hear no, it. I don't hear it yeah. either. All right. So let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about the 2016 campaign. I you, do sound like Clinton, but. What's that? I do sound like Clinton. Oh, come on. You gotta say, I thought you'd say it as Clinton when I said, what's that? <laughs> well, what you're talking about? Oh, no, there it is. There it is. All right. Don't Come on now. Don't ruin the, don't ruin the mystery. All right, fair now, uh, you have a pretty interesting... You and I had actually this discussion at lunch. This is how, this is how nerdy we are. Yeah. You're, we were, we were, just, <laughs> we, we're talking now. about who's going to run because, you know, we yeah. always like... You like to rib me. You don't think Hill Dog's going to make it. No way. Not going to happen. Uh, I, I read book that in stone. You have. Not Let's get to that. We'll get to that. All right. But who do you think is going to run? Uh well you you, you got you got you I the, talked about who's this. the sleeper who do you think the sleeper is going to come in Biden and why do you think that is because of his uh, uh, unfortunate dead son and you also think that Hillary's big problem is that the public uh, don't trust her and you think the public might trust Biden more well guess what 
political commentators agree, Chase. <laughs> she is declining to the point and where they need to hold So here's what they're saying in this clip. Here. They're saying uh, they've noticed news. that Hillary is buying a million dollars worth of ads in two states, Iowa being one of them. And they're saying, why a year out is she already spending a million dollars in each state? She sneezes a million dollars. Well, they think that she's worried about this trust issue and she's trying to sort of grab ground while they can because a couple of different contenders might come in that actually make her concerned on the Democratic side. Right. They need yeah. to hold it up because they're trying to save people from from defect or jumping in. Elizabeth Warren is one of them. John Kerry may be another Al one. Gore. Al Gore. Um, and but you know, and Biden I think is serious and I as Now this story just okay, let's play the story. I can't believe this. And these guys, you listen, they're skeptical too. He said this some months several months ago after the tragedy. What was it that he said? What was, what did he say after the tragedy? So his his son on the deathbed basically made Joe Biden promise him that he would run for president. Uh, I knew that, uh, I believed that Bo, his son who died, was a wonderful man, wanted him to run, would have made that case to him. Apparently, uh, that's was confirmed by, I don't know, Marine Dowd yesterday, but I guess she was there. But uh, who, who knows? The, uh, <laughs> I don't think she was there. She was seancing. But anyway. She was seancing. See, they don't even believe it themselves. <laughs> fact is, as I said several months ago, Joe Biden's numbers have gone way up. He's at his best approval numbers he's had. He's at his best. He, people think he's trustworthy as opposed to her. They think he cares about them a lot more than she does and is a better leader. In that, that is in the Quinnipiac National Poll. This is not good, and I believe that Joe and Jill Biden, this is a family decision, and they will make it, but I think there is a special reason in one sense for him to, to run. But I think you're right. You- do you think? Uh, do you think he's going to do it, Chase? I think, think he's going to run. Have you made a red book prediction about that? I haven't. You should write it down. The do you have a pen yeah. over there? Yeah, I'll give you a pen. You got to make a red book. All right. <clears throat> and while you make that red book prediction, I'll play our next clip. Uh, we have this debate that's coming tomorrow. I just want to spend just a moment on this. We won't. We, spend, we won't spend too much time on this, but we got to mark it right here, right now, because it's happening tomorrow. Nice stuff there. Wait a Morning, everybody. These- I've already made that red book prediction. Oh, you did. Oh, Episode good. 151. It, it, it's gonna. It's gonna come down to. Uh, Hill versus Biden, you and did. I did run Biden versus uh, for president. You did. Late you, got entry. you got it. Yeah. Okay, you got it. All Wait. right. And he's a late entry into yeah. the game. You did, yeah. Because yeah. he'll say, well, I was so busy being the VP, I didn't want to get in until I was sure I was ready to do right. it. i got to focus on my job. Yep. All right, br- uh, breaking news here, Chase. Nice stuff there. Morning, everybody. The stage is setting Good Cleveland. Morning, this <laughs> is one of the first looks you will get inside the Quicken Loans Arena for the first Republican debate of the 2016 <laughs> campaign, brought to you by Fox News and Facebook. The candidates are ready to face off and make their case for your vote. So you push yourself away from the emails and the Twitter feed and all that stuff, and you join them tomorrow night. I'm Bill Hemmer. Good morning and welcome to America's Newsroom. Good morning, everybody. I'm Martha McCallum. So here is the lineup. The top 10 candidates, according to the polls. Do you know who they are? To take the main stage at 9 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night. Gump. Front and center, because he is in first place right now, is Donald Trump. Then you have So wait, 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 wait. They're putting up on stage based on their poll ranking? Yeah. That's weird. Florida Governor Jeb Bush. I wait. Chat room, please tell me or you know folks on Reddit, Reddit, you know, uh, unfiltered.reddit.com. Has this ever been done before? I don't think this has ever been well, done they're before. Doing the, they're doing the debate so early in the process, Yeah, dude. but I know, but I don't remember them putting people on stage based on their rankings. These aren't like real debates. These are like only television-only debates, so they get to make it like their own rules. They're not like regular debates. Yeah, but whatever debates and anything. Well, the guy— I don't, Wow. Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker, former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee. 
And then you've got the retired neurosurgeon, Dr. Ben Carson. So Rand didn't even make it. Now, uh, I'll call oh, that's on only called yeah, the top yeah, five? Yeah, you're right, right, yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, oh. Uh, uh, Ranking on Facebook profile. You know what this does is this, yeah, this basically legitimizes the polls this early on. It gives them it gives them weight now. Yeah. In number five, then senators, here they come. Here comes Cruz. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and Rand Paul. There's Rand. Back it out a little bit more, and you round out the top ten. It's going to be crowded mm. up there. Oh, Christy said he'd uh, make it. Governor Chris Christie for New Jersey. Jersey on the left, and Ohio governor squeaking in at the last minute. Well, you can already tell, like, uh, you can already, I, tens out, uh, I think four's out, I think Huckabee's out. And I Are think we going to put red out. X's? Yeah, wonk, wonk, wonk. Governor John Kasich. James Rosen, live and- All right, so we don't need to do more than that. So there's our lineup to on tomorrow's debate. Probably not much coverage coming in the show. Now, you think Hill Dog's not going to make it. No. And you think this email she server- She might make it to the finals, but no, well, she this won't e- win. this email server has now gotten the attention of the FBI. Oh. This FBI investigation into Hillary Clinton's email server. We should be clear. They want to look at the security of this. As of right now, there's no reason to believe Secretary Clinton did anything wrong. But they want to look to see if material that maybe it was not classified when it came into the server, but it was later classified or deemed highly sensitive. And how was it stored? Was it safe? Uh, Her lawyer apparently has a thumb drive with some of these emails on it. Uh, Right now, it's a review of security issues as a political issue for her campaign. Big, medium, or we don't know. It's just a continuation of the slow drip of email stories that are going to come out. We know we're guaranteed one a month because there's a court order requiring the State Department to release a batch of these emails every month. And then in between, we have these ongoing investigations now by the FBI, by the State Department Inspector General, by Republicans in Congress that are, you know, bringing up other revelations. I think the problem for her politically is that, you know, this gets to this early narrative that Republicans are trying to set about her trustworthiness. Can you really trust her if she was keeping all her emails on this private server? How it plays into that, how it affects her already down numbers on trustworthiness, that's the problem for Clinton on this. Now I want to stop here because um, there's something about this that I don't quite understand. And um, I had another clip on this, but I want to jump to uh, this clip of Judge Napolitano who uh, says that only Obama can prosecute Hillary. And I don't – I got to look more into this, but he said this before. I'll play this. Judge. Welcome to my chambers. Fox News has learned, and we've talked about this for a couple of weeks, that Hillary Clinton, when she was the Secretary of State of the United States, conducted a secret war authorized by the President and consented to by leaders of Congress. The war consisted of distributing American military hardware to rebel groups in Libya in an attempt to overthrow Colonel Gaddafi. That was successful and in Syria in an effort to overthrow President Assad. That is, at this moment, not yet successful. I like how he's just throwing it all out there. Just calling it like it is. That part's good. But in the process of doing this, she caused American military hardware to come into the hands of terrorist organizations. See, this is the real Hillary scandal, I think. Not these emails. The fact that she was behind this, the, the downfall of Gaddafi, the fact that Turk, she, helped, she worked with Turkey and the CIA to arm the Syrian rebels and then the uh, Libyan rebels. That's really the, her egregiousness. American military hardware to come into the hands of terrorist organizations and terrorist individuals, at least three of whom assassinated Ambassador Chris Stevens. It gets worse. She micromanaged this war using her email, and she used her email guided through the server in her husband's charitable foundation. Stated differently, 
She sent classified materials through a non-classified email server, the same federal crime for which General Petraeus was prosecuted and pleaded guilty. You don't have to take my word for this. Exactly. Inspectors General of the Intelligence Community and of the State Department examining a random sample of her emails found that some of them contained material of such confidential and classified gravity that they reported their findings to the FBI. Now, the FBI does not investigate civil wrongdoing or ethical lapses. Right. So that's so that's something to keep in mind. They don't they're not going in there because of it might have been a, an ethical thing. The FBI in- investigates crimes or potential jeopardy of the national security of the United States. We don't know where this is going to go, and I haven't seen any of those emails. But I have seen the emails that have been made public, and I have seen her sending and receiving emails about the following subject matters, where French fighter jets would be over Libya, where no-fly zones would be and would be enforced and would not be enforced over Libya. And tellingly, where Ambassador Chris Stevens, the one who was assassinated, would be when he was in Libya. Ah. Clearly, this was classified information, and clearly she violated the law, even though she has denied it. Where is this going to end up? She's not going to be prosecuted for violating federal law unless President Obama authorizes it directly. Now, that's the key piece, and I don't quite understand why that is. Maybe somebody can give us more information. I want to play it again. Violating federal law unless President Obama authorizes it directly. So that's why I don't think really anything bad is going to happen. Yeah. If he wants her prosecuted, she will be, no matter what the political fallout. If he doesn't want her prosecuted, she won't be, no matter what the FBI determines and finds in its investigation. But the question remains, why did she use her husband's server rather than the servers just in the State Department, which would have secured her emails. Because she can erase history and make herself look better than she really was. All right, so kind of a, that's why I don't think she's in too it's much all trouble. all about trust. Yeah, uh, it is. Well, I mean, maybe. I, I think, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical. I think it's not going to be that big of a deal for all her. All right. I think she's okay. got other problems. Than right. that. Well, I, I know, but I, that's the thing. I mean, you add this on to the other things, she's not going to be president. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. We'll see. Right. And, we're, I, you know, right now it's kind of an interesting time to cover this. Uh, we'll keep ch- – we're not going to – I don't know how much we'll cover it in every episode. I just – as things kind of develop, I like to cover it because this could be end up being an interesting chronicle from a people's perspective of how all this went down. Yeah. Something tells me this election is going to be pretty important. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be a fun one to watch for sure. Chase, uh, yeah. did you know that we have an active place where people can participate in this show and engage with the community and contribute? You know what? I know the exact place that you speak the content of. In a, now, yeah. now, Chase, I'm talking yeah. about this is a really special place because yeah. in this place, this place is empowered to push the content of the show in a certain direction. Chase, this place has the ability to get the attention of the hosts, the producers, and the community in a way that no other place does. This place mm. is uniquely powered yes. and uniquely special. Yeah, it is a social experiment, if you will. What? On an epic scale. <laughs> Jeez, Chase. I know, nice, I'm sorry. Nice, nice. Unfilter.reddit.com. You can head over to the site right now and check out all these awesome stories that have been submitted to oh, the community. Uh, you got Cool the Man in here. I want to say a big thanks to Cybertooth, uh, Pickle Me Parsnips. Uh, all you guys joining in uh, 2,122 Not bad. Not of bad. you. Joining the community at unfiltered.reddit.com. Nice. It's nice. Um, you know, great stuff, man. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. it. Unfiltered.reddit.com. We'll take your temperature over there. Let us know what you like. Yes. And also, don't forget patreon.com slash unfilter to help support the show. Mr. Nunes, is there anywhere you'd like to send folks throughout the week to like kind of just uh, 
you know, find out more about what's going on with you and things that you're up to. Absolutely. You can head over to my Twitter page. Or follow me on the Twitter, at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. If you're following me on Twitter, uh, you would uh, see me tweet a picture of my coworker. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, hanging out yeah. and, like, shocked and wearing yeah. his bike helmet yeah. or whatever. Yeah, hey, I know where that's at. Yeah, you know exactly where that hey, is. Hey, did you know I'm what on Twitter? What about you? Yeah. I'm on Twitter, yeah. It's Chris L-A-S, like a boost. Look at you. Now, yeah. there's, there's also... There's my pop-up tent. And Yeah, I saw that. That looks beautiful. Nice shot, by the way. Sh- is that shot on the iPhone? Yeah. Okay. Now, also, people can follow the network, the Jupiter yes, Broadcasting at Jupiter Network. Jupiter Signal, at Jupiter Signal. So this is when you know when episodes are posted. Yeah, schedule changes, when schedule we go changes, live, things like go that. Live. Also, uh, another great resource, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. We'd love to have you show up live. We do this show on Wednesdays uh, yeah. at like 6 p.m. Pacific time, which turns out not a great time for everybody. So if you're thinking about showing up, we'd love to see you. We need more people in our chat room giving us our live feedback. It's like live feedback is always fun. It's like it's yeah, it's like it's like a nervous system of constant feedback and interaction that we helps make the show better. So the more of you here, the better it gets. JBLive.tv. So set an appointment and come back here next week on the show. Be yeah. here. Remember, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. The robots there will convert it to your local time zone, and we'll see you right back here next, next week. week.